Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the iHemp Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products, boost the economy, and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp Revolution? My guest today is Tim Callahan. Tim is an architect that has been designing build projects since 1976. He co-authored the book Building Green, now in its second edition in English and French. Tim is focusing on design of net zero projects. In 2008, he and his business partner were introduced to hempcrete wall systems. And this revolution led Tim and his associates design and engineer the first hempcrete home design to meet passive house standards in America. Today, Tim and his team at Alembic Studios are the leading design firm in the U.S. specializing in energy-efficient hempcrete construction, offering a full range of design and construction management services. So, Tim, welcome to the iHemp Revolution. Well, thank you, Coach Freddie. Thanks for having me. Well, it was great. It was great meeting you at your office so can you give us a little bit more background about yourself and how you got started and just why industrial hemp? Well, as you mentioned, I've been involved in design build projects since you know the mid-late 70s, and that was the era, uh, for those who recall, when uh, following the OPEC oil embargo of 73, when people really first started uh, seriously looking at ener- energy consumption. So that time I was involved in what were considered alternative passive solar projects um, and it really things just evolved from there. Can you tell us a little bit of a background before maybe you got into business and you have a business partner and can you tell us about that a little bit? Personally, I've been through a number of evolutions in my professional development. Um, all of them have been in the design build field. I've, I've been involved in residential construction, um, uh, custom blue water sailing yacht design uh, and commercial projects, uh, timber framing, all kinds of things. But I think the real, there, there were several turning points. I think probably the biggest one that led us to where we are right now, it was a conference uh, in 2007, which essentially initiated the 2030 Challenge. Uh, which was to make all buildings net zero by the year 2030. This led us to, um, and this was following the publication of, of the book you mentioned, Building Green, with, in which we were really trying to find a way to bring natural building materials into the mainstream. So following that, that uh, the 2030 challenge, what we really what we realized was that we had the ability, rather than waiting, we decided to commit ourselves uh, immediately to bringing into fruition a net zero project that was really a marriage of natural building techniques and materials and modern integrated mechanical systems into making the most energy efficient natural build project that we could conceive of. I see. So net zero means the, the most efficient building materials. Correct. Well, net, net zero really refers, it, it, 
it comes into, there are a lot of things that play into it, but net zero itself really refers to um, using no more energy than you produce. In other words, rather than taking all your energy perhaps from the grid, you design and engineer um, a building systems, and it really gets into landscaping and permaculture and water reclamation um, as well. But the idea is that you're not creating uh, atmospheric pollution as a result of your inhabiting the building. So what about the passive house standards in America? Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, passive house um, uh, is different than passive solar, which a lot of a lot of folks are familiar with. Passive solar, where you use the the you know the energy from the sun in strategic ways to reduce your your heating loads on a building. Uh, passive house, however, was developed initially in Germany in the late 1980s, and it sets a standard. A specified standard for the energy performance and energy consumption of a building. It's a very it's a very specific metric that you have to meet. Uh, they it has evolved somewhat over time, and the Passive House Institute U.S. has made great strides in adapting it to some of the uh, variations in the climate in the United States. But essentially, what it means is just by by building um, design strategies and uh, strategic use of materials and and placements of windows and thermal mass and a lot of different parameters, uh, you minimize how much how much power is going to be required for heating and cooling and just general you know life needs so that any additional mechanical systems that you might have for those things um, can really be downsized and minimized. It, it's, it's not really possible to eliminate them, but you can minimize those mechanical systems by strategic design and, and availing yourselves of a lot of, the, you know, a pretty significant body of knowledge and data that's been, you know, that's been generated as a result of what the Passive House Institute has, has done to date. Okay, so and 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 I saw in some of your literature that you came up with what you call a a, a now house prototype. Can you explain yeah. what that is? Yes, a now house prototype actually evolved from um, when at following the you know the the, the twenty thirty challenge, we decided we were gonna we were gonna just do it because we could or we you know we believe we could. Um, we got into a the research and design development of this project and our initial intention, um, hemp, hempcrete at that time was not a part of that. Um, that really came after extensive research and looking at a variety of systems and, and in the end, uh, we really, we really just decided that hempcrete was going to be, you know, the ideal the ideal material to meet, you know, our, the, the design and engineering goals that we had set for that project. Um, I was initially very skeptical of, you know, hempcrete as a product or as a system, uh, because I, I have, I have a reasonable, um, experience in, with a lot of different natural building things. And, and I don't believe there is any one single magic bullet approach to a lot of the challenges that we face either, you know, collectively, socially, or in the building industry. But hempcrete has proven to be, you know, incredibly, um, an incredibly powerful tool in, in 
allowing us to design buildings that are healthy, um, low energy use, uh, minimal impact uh, on the environment and long-term and provide for long-term and regenerative uh, sustainable building practices. So if, if you had to take one thing that has you most excited about the industrial hemp, and what would that be? But I think I think it really has has a possibility to um, moving you know moving forward to provide especially I think the prime com- consideration for me is health of the inha- of, of the inhabitants of a building. Sick, most folks, you know, have become aware to some degree of sick building syndrome and a lot of the, a lot of the things that can happen when buildings are not properly designed and materials are not properly implemented. Hempcrete, uh, provides, uh, an incredibly straightforward approach and method for eliminating a lot of issues that people have regarding mold, asthma, and indoor air quality. It provides a, an exceptional uh, environment, interior environment. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of aesthetic considerations that appeal to me as well um, in terms of its workability and just you know the, the the feeling of it, which is less tangible. But I think the most tangible element is is that it it really gets all of the low hanging fruit that as as someone who is looking to design buildings that are healthy for people and the planet. Um, it allows us to have, you know, a, a, degree, a significant degree of, ex- of success in that arena. How do you see this industry, industrial hemp, changing the economy, uh, specifically in North Carolina, where you are? Well, I think, um, you know, as a as a agricultural product, hemp is really incredibly unique in its ability to provide building materials, clo- you know, material for clothing and fiber and medicine. And food, uh, it's, a, it's an incredibly uh, amazing plant. The possibilities, you know, frankly, I, I tend to get sort of locked up here, you know, uh, thinking about, about the construction end of it. However, anybody who's in this, in this industry, you know, those, those threads go out into all areas. So I think that, that the possibilities for innovation are really incredible. I think that's in North Carolina specifically, however, um, we have a long, we have a, a long history or had a long history of textile manufacturing. Um, and that there are efforts being made here, uh, to bring that back with the anticipation of the production of, you know, local production of, uh, hemp fiber. I think that could be a real, a real boost to the economy. There, there are so many components of this though, coach, um, I think, you know, food, the food end of it tends to be probably the easiest entry simply because of some of the processing um, and or, you know, the processing and handling distribution um, components of that are a little simpler and less capital intensive than some of the other aspects. Um, but the the excitement around this and the, the interest, you know, the broad spectrum interest in hemp and the possibilities for its use in all those arenas, I think that's what's most inspiring to me. That it really is is the that it, people are inspired to innovate. Um, I think there are a lot of entrepreneurial act- activities that are Im- already emerging from this. How do you see industrial hemp changing our culture? 
to me, this is a plant. It has, it has, you know, potential across a wide range, you know, uh, of applications. I think in terms of, of cultural change, um, it's certainly from, uh, if, if you look at the environmental impact of the production of hemp, let's say, as opposed to cotton, um, certainly it, it has, a, there's a, a lot of potential for positive impact there. I think medically, there are, you know, there's great promise being shown in that area. Uh, certainly in construction, there, you know, we, we've touched on that a little bit. I think, I think we have the possibility to build much better, longer lasting and more sustainable, uh, built environment with, with using, you know, hemp as part of a hemp lime or who knows what we may come up with in the future. Um, and textiles. So, but, but behind all that, I think is the, Kind of the silliness, really, of what we what we are presently you know, fi- and finally addressing in terms of making of uh, the legalities of producing, processing, and shipping this plant within the United States. Um, that has been a major impediment, I think, to innovation and entrepreneurship, because just because of, of the, the limitations that have imposed have been imposed upon the material by by regulation to date. So I think in terms of public consciousness that I think when, you know, I think people are really waking up to like, this is a plant. It has a lot of, it has so many positive applications. And so I think the movement behind that to me is, is probably, um, the most personally inspiring just to see people thinking of, you know, uh, of ways to, um, make this, make this an everyday thing. And sort of re- remove the onus that is that is had, you know, since the 1930s or 1940s, as something that is verboten um, and you just can't use it. Yeah. So, what's your vision the future of hemp in the United, in the United States here? My vision, and I, and I, and so now it's 2016, and it's really kind of hard to believe because you know if we want to go back to when I started in this, even though I hadn't heard of hempcrete. Certainly, hemp has been hemp has been around for millennium, uh, millennia, and you know I think that I would just like to see it the roadblocks removed uh, to give to give people the ability to experiment to to see what is possible. I mean, I think we've we've defined some of the things that that people are doing today and have done to date. But that's just now, and we're really just beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, the possibilities are endless um, and are really only limited by our imagination and currently limited by um, some of the, the uh, overreaching regulations that, that really kind of stifle that. Yeah, and I know that you as an architect have a project across the uh, the U.S., um, where do you see your your business, let's say, in three years? Personally speaking, and based on the demand and the interest, what I would like to see really are central nodes all over the United States. And this is this is it will take some time, but I mean, we are currently we're looking at what it would take to really sort of open some regional offices in order order to provide more localized services to people uh, in different parts of the country. What are some of the startup challenges that, uh, for a hemp company that you see? 
construction because that's your expertise in design. I think I think the the challenge right now is that because we're we're really there hasn't it hasn't been applied in a in a widespread fashion in, in that there are not you know there are not um, a million homes out there in the U.S. that have built with us. So although we have a we have a pretty significant knowledge base that has been established in Europe where they've been doing this for quite some time. Anyone starting up is going to be challenged with a, a lot of the finer points of what it takes to implement it. It's it's really just like anything else. To me, this is a building material. And once you understand the, the physical and chemical and engineering properties of it, it allows you to implement it you know, um, intelligently and in a way that's going to work in the long term. Having said that, however, there, like, like in many things, it comes down to the details. And whereas with many products, you can ask a manufacturer or, you know, they'll say, uh, here are the specifications for this installation. In our case, we have, we have essentially had to develop our own specifications for that installation, which is, which has evolved and been refined over a number of projects. Um, and at which point we have a fairly extensive library of how to how to address different situations but it's not like you can just call up a rep and say okay you know how do i do this you know a sales rep for a window or whatever it's metal roofing this is different we don't have that we don't have that range of experience and publicly accessible um, data really i mean there's a lot of information out there there's there's a wealth of information that people can find on the internet and I also as with all things out there I really caution people to be careful about what they actually do with that information um, we've seen people move ahead with a project based on something they found and then only to have it you know have issues with it later and we get called in to try and resolve those um, and it would be much better if they never happened in the first place all of those things you know uh, I think just being due to some extent to a lack of really established industry standards for some of these applications, you know, which, which are have been developed for more, more mainstream building products. So I think that really is the biggest challenge. Covered quite a bit here. Um, is there anything else that you would like to bring up about you or your business or your company? I just, I'm sometimes just sort of surprised to be so fortunate to be able to do this sort of work and, and to work with the, you know, the incredible clients that we seem to attract. Tim, I want to thank you for being guest on the iHemp Revolution. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay. And you can find Tim at his website. It's the, the website is alembicstudio.com. And it's A-L-E-M-B-I-C studio.com. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on Facebook.com forward slash iHemp Revolution. Like us and tell all your friends. Help us spread the word about the IHAMP Revolution on Twitter and LinkedIn and all the social media and how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profits. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them. And thanks for joining the IHAMP Revolution.